and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Passholders Guide podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm here to share some tips, tricks, and secrets to the theme park capital of the world. You may be wondering, who am I? I am a Florida native, a Central Florida local, and I've been a seasonal or annual passholder to every theme park here in the Central Florida area. Not to mention I used to work for one. Each show, I'll be here to entertain you, maybe even educate you on a particular topic, as well as go over some up-to-date news and announcement at each park. Lastly, we're going to have story time. Those are going to be some cast member, team member, and ambassador stories. Hopefully, we can throw in some interviews, some other tidbits, and I can uh, bring you one hell of a show. everybody it is october spooky season is officially here but before we get started if this is your first show thank you for listening this is not your first show thanks for coming back halloween is still a rather new holiday for the u.s uh first articles i saw uh were written about it in the 1930s Uh, there's a few radio and television shows that were really pushing the idea of trick-or-treating out to the masses um in 1952, Donald Duck had a cartoon called Trigger Treat, and it was really started the whole idea. 
I'm going to credit him and start our look at Halloween and theme parks. The first thing taking place is in Disneyland with the Parade of Pumpkins, where kids would dress up and bring carved pumpkins to be judged. I'm glad that idea didn't last long, because anyone who's carved a pumpkin in Florida knows that they don't last long. I could not imagine hauling a pumpkin through the parking lot, on a monorail, and around the Magic Kingdom. Now, uh, of course, that was Disneyland, and you know, not as hard to get in and out of there. But moving on to Disney World, uh, the second year the park was open, uh, they would do a Halloween weekend. Uh, At the time, admission would be free, and the Haunted Mansion would not require a ticket. There were also screenings of the Legends of Sleepy Hollow. In 1976, the weekend festivities were extended past the normal 7 p.m. close time, going on to midnight each Saturday in the fall. In 1979, the first official Halloween party was created. This was a separate ticketed event, which, most like our current parties, would have special characters and musical guests. The first Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party debuted October 31st, 1995. The event was expanded to include trick-or-treating, kids dressing up, special parades, fireworks, and character meet-and-greets. Having attended these parties, they were a lot of fun. They included early entry at 4 p.m., where you could get your rides in and maybe eat some dinner, then a regular park close at 6, and the party officially started at 7. As an adult, I had entirely way too much fun with the trick-or-treating, and uh, between my girlfriend, who's now my wife, uh, between her and I, we collected 11 pounds of candy. Now, pro tip, don't do that. You end up hurting your hands by lugging that much candy around all night. To top off the event, uh, the fireworks are amazing. On a normal night, the fireworks take place over Cinderella's Castle. For the parties, you get what they call perimeter fireworks. There are several extra launching sites around the Magic Kingdom, so many of the roads around it have to be blocked off. And if you're viewing on Main Street, that's all you're going to be able to see. It lights up the sky and takes your breath away. While we're on the topic of fireworks, let's take it one step further. Those are the 360-degree fireworks. Those bad boys are normally reserved for the major holidays such as the 4th of July and New Year's. You can take the perimeter fireworks and add launching sites all around Bay Lake, including a mirror of the show over Cinderella's Castle taking place in the center of the lagoon. Another pro tip, watch the fireworks on major holidays from the bus loop. They have the music playing, and you don't have to fight 50,000 people to leave uh, the park afterwards. 2021 has changed everything. Mickey's Not So Scary was retired in the pandemic age, and in this age of wanting to keep people, you know, with some distance from one another, a new party arose, the Boo Bash. The stage show and parades are a thing of the past and were replaced with character cavalcades, which are shorter and more random, so you don't have guests gathering all in one spot all around each other. Trick-or-treating still takes place, Uh, But now you have access to unlimited snacks like popcorn and ice cream, as well as bottled drinks. The internet has been lighting up with people carrying about a dozen or so drinks out of the park, trying to get their money's worth from the event, since the price tag went up and the length of time for the event went down. So let's hope that's uh, not so scary will return in hopefully, you know, 2022. Now, moving on to the other parks in town, let's take a look how Anheuser-Busch does Halloween. 
Starting in 1999, Bush Gardens had a haunted jungle trail, which was a pyrotechnic magic show, a pumpkin patch, hay rides, and face painting for the kiddos. Their event would morph the next year and started Hallow Scream. They took the idea from Universal and ran with it, but we'll get on to Universal here in a moment. We're saving the best for last. Hallow Scream's first year was targeted at the kids who uh, may be too old for not-so-scary party, but not ready enough for the other gore fest that takes place around town. Now, it consisted of a haunted house, haunted trails, and even a celebrity appearance from Butch Patrick, a.k.a. the werewolf kid from TV's The Munsters. The next year, it morphed again to, to focus on older teens and adults, but still had a no-scare area for the kids. The event continued to grow into more haunted houses, more scare zones, and introduced the first roaming scare zone, so no place was off-limits. SeaWorld, on the other hand, started their Halloween celebrations in 2008 with the Halloween Spooktacular. Their event is included with regular admission and offers the kiddos trick-or-treating, themed character meet-and-greets, and as of 2019, a special Sesame Street parade. This event is great for all ages, and the only catch is you have to purchase a trick-or-treat bag uh, for a couple dollars to participate. Now, families can take time to dress up and have a very family-friendly time. I happened to attend this event 2019 with some special friends of ours uh, who had a little boy, and I have a little girl. So together we got a group of uh, the Flintstones and the Rebels. You know, we, we, took, uh, we took SeaWorld Orlando by storm. Now, this took the popular event from Bush Gardens just up the road, uh, you know, up I-4, and plopped it down right next to Shamu. Like the other events in town, it is a separate ticket event, including scare zones, haunted houses, and a and SeaWorld took the aquatic theme and gave it a little twist with characters like the Siren. A cool feature of Hallow Scream is the no-boo light-up necklace, which can't be purchased to let the characters know that you're only there to look and not to scream. There have been some pretty cool guest testimonies, especially from younger guests. They finally get to be included with their older siblings and parents and not have to worry about getting traumatized. So, uh, Now, SeaWorld event is smaller than the others. It is limited to the back section of the park. Um, basically, um, the SeaWorld event is limited to the back section of the park uh, with its own special entrance at the Ports of Call, or that's normally where the school groups would enter. And it stretches from the Wild Arctic area alongside Shamu Stadium to the Infinity Falls area in the back of the park. Now, that does not include the Sesame Street area because as an adult going in there is scary enough, you don't need to spookify it. Now, I know you guys have been waiting patiently, and we're here. The moment you've been waiting for, the creme de la creme, the best of the best, the OG of Halloween here in Orlando, Universal's Halloween Horror Nights. This event was started in 1991, and its original name was Fright Night. It only lasted three nights and had one haunted house. The next year, the name officially changed to Halloween Horror Nights, and it was advertised as the second annual. So the second year lasted five nights and had two haunted houses this time. And pretty much each year has grown more houses, more nights, and basically runs from September... Uh, Basically runs all through September and October, sometimes finishing up the early November, depending on how the Halloween week falls. 
Now, what makes this event so great is the planning and preparation that go into it. Interviews I've seen with some of the creative directors say that as soon as this year's event ends, they go to work on the next year's event. Now, each house is storyboarded, drawn, and 3D rendered before the actual production begins on it. Each house has been planned to the T, from where the props are to where their characters will pop out. It's more than a haunted house. It's a story brought to life where they have planned every aspect of it, uh, including trying to make you look one way, why a character pops out from the other. Now, the people that bring us Halloween Horror Nights are, are a different breed. There are people who go out scouring the earth for the proper props for the, each house. And then you have the makeup artists that, that create hundreds of masks and makeup effects for each event. And then the costume designers that put so much thought into making every character as scary as possible, but still be able to be uh, clean each costume for the next night. Now, I am jealous of these people. I wish I could be that creative and work for them. And it's a dream of mine to be a character. I want to walk around with a chainsaw and scare the crap out of everybody. So maybe one year when I'm older, you know, less responsibilities, you know, I'll make that dream come true. Now, bringing these houses together is no easy task. Besides the planning I spoke about, the actual construction is a wonder. It takes six to eight weeks to build each maze. Each area where a character can pop out is set up with a switch, a pedal, or a button that they can activate to help bring their performance to life. Each one of those effects has to be wired for power, hooked to a speaker, and able to act independently throughout the entire house. Now, any kind of prop that is not already in a prop house or can be found on the event is made. Uh, anything from an old school gurney to a tank. Yes, a, a real full-size tank. Now, everything is normally made out of wood, but looks so real you would think it is the actual real deal. Now, that is everything except for glass. You know, no matter how real it looks, there is no glass that could potentially break and hurt somebody in these houses. Now, what sets this event apart from the others are the what Universal calls the icons. These characters are basically leaders of an event and have amazing backstories. The first icon was the Jack, the killer clown. You know, started in 2000. Now, his real name is Jack Schmidt. He was a, you know, from a broken home, and he literally ran away to join the circus. Um, unfortunately, that was leaving his brother Eddie in a bad situation, but Eddie has come to join him later on. Now, his past kind of drove him crazy, and he would kill children at the circus and travel around with them. Now, after the authorities were after him, the ringmaster couldn't take it and killed him. He left his body in a jack-of-the-box, and decades later, that box was found, and Jack came back as a demon. So, next is the caretaker, who was a surgeon who would perform experiments on his patients that didn't make it. Also, we have the director, a filmmaker that started off with a snuff film and wanted to capture human suffering and torture. The usher, who actually was an usher in a playhouse in the 20s, and hated people being rude in the movies. After an accident, he was strangled by stage ropes and now takes his revenge on rude moviegoers. Lady Luck. She's a demon that would gamble with people, but every bet you made with her would end up bad for you. 
rumor has it that only one person was successful with her. And because of that, she ate him. Now, last we have Chance, which was Jack's twisted sidekick who carried out most of his carnage. Now, all the work that's put into these these events are worth your time, but it is worth your time if you have the proper age. Now, the SeaWorld and Mickey's Not-So-Scary, I'm sorry, Boo Bash, those events are made for children, but the Hollow Scream and Halloween Horror Nights are not. They, those are recommended children 13 and up. I would say recommend driving age kids 15, 16 and up because they will leave an impression. And you don't want to be that mother I saw this year with a infant out in a haunted house at 1 a.m. So uh, it's an exciting time of year if you like horror. And if you, if you can, go to Halloween Horror Nights. If you like to get scared, go to Halloween Horror Nights. And if you don't like to get scared, well, go to Halloween Horror Nights anyways. You'll love it. There's a lot of news going around at the parks, most of it being at Disney. Our last episode left you off on October 1st, the actual 50th anniversary of the Magic Kingdom, and it was a madhouse. Nobody could have expected this with the reservation system. Everybody had a guaranteed spot in, but they all still showed up at 4, 5, 6 in the morning in massive lines to get in. Everybody thought, uh, hopefully the pre-shows were coming back, you know, maybe a train station show, but uh, unfortunately, no. Then those lines went directly for the 50th anniversary merch, where there was even some uh, fights breaking out over tumblers. So you could see all those uh, items being put up online immediately afterwards, going for two to three times the normal MSRP. So... Uh, that was a little bit crazy, uh, but some good news. The meet and greets are coming back to Disney World. Now, the Mickey, uh, meeting Mickey and the princesses at the Magic Kingdom will come back. Those will all be at a distance, and the Disney Junior Gang is all coming back to Hollywood Studios. So, it is not the face-to-face. You do not get to hug the princesses like you used to, but it is nice to be actually be indoors and get to see some of those characters again. Now, the same day as the 50th anniversary of Magic Kingdom was also the birthday of Epcot. Uh, you know, happy birthday to both of those parks. Uh, the With that birthday for Epcot came the official open of Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. So that is a virtual queue at Epcot and uh, one of their lightning laying options, but we'll get to that here in a few moments. Uh, Other things going around the parks, the Kite Tales show is in rehearsal. They are practicing over at the Animal Kingdom. Now these are kites being flown around their lagoon powered by jet skis. Now there have been a few drills of these jet skis turning over and having to correct themselves and what looks like these kites crashing into the stands. Well, that is all why they practice. Those cast will be dropping the kites into specially designated areas that uh, is designed to not puncture those uh, the, the fabrics and uh, allow for them to safely land. 
Over at Hollywood Studios, or well, behind Hollywood Studios, the Galactic Star Cruiser is officially booking. It started earlier this month with uh, DVC members. I believe it's moved on to the Dis- uh, Disney Visa card members. And as of recording, I believe it uh, opens to the general public tomorrow, October 28th. I'll be trying to get this out as soon as possible so you guys can uh, try to snag your, your reservations there. Now, I hinted at a few moments ago, Lightning Lane is open. That's because the Genie has officially launched. Now, the Genie will help you plan out your day. You tell it what you want to do, and it may suggest sometimes of when to hit those rides, when the line's going to be a little bit lower. And if you want to pay for it, you get access to the Genie Plus. Now, with Genie Plus, you do get to make Lightning Lane reservations, I believe, it is like the Tapu Tapu system at Volcano Bay where you can use the lightning lane when you get out, select another after depending on what's available and what time it is. Now, if you don't want to do that, you can't always pay for the lightning lane where there are two rides at every park and you can purchase those and select a time of when to return. Now, when this officially opened, of course, the big rides like uh, Rise of the Resistance uh, sold out immediately. Uh, they are no longer saving spots for day guests, and it's opening up to resort guests who are just about booking every spot before the park even opens. Now, that ride has been known to go down from time to time, and Disney has gotten good about returning the Lightning Lane purchase if the ride is down at your time. So that was one concern everybody had, but everybody who said they weren't going to pay for it, well, they're all liars because this thing is selling out. People are actually enjoying the the Genie, the Genie Plus, and the, the new Lightning Lane. So other current events over at Disney Springs, the fish tank in the bar area at the T-Rex Cafe sprung a leak. So I hope they got that patched up. I believe it was the circular fish tank in the middle of the bar, which had some sharks in it. So I hope all those animals are okay, nobody was hurt, and they are able to get that uh, up and operational as soon as possible. Now, other things being announced, the Candlelight Processional is officially coming back to Epcot this year. They have not announced any of the guest speakers for that event. Some of the past favorites have included Whoopi Goldberg, Lieutenant Dan himself, Gary Sinise, and uh, a crowd favorite, NPH, Neil Patrick Harris. So no confirmation of when those will be announced. Uh, I have a feeling that uh, a lot of the favorites will be back at this event that they do not miss. Now, other things coming back, the Indiana Jones stunt show is in rehearsal right now uh, to be opening up soon. And Typhoon Lagoon is, being we're being told, going to open again by the end of the year. I have a feeling that is to do with the yearly refurbishment. Normally, I believe Typhoon Lagoon goes down at the early part of the winter, and then Blizzard Beach will go down at the, the late part of the winter or in the, the early of the next year, and they're both open up for the springtime. So that may just give Blizzard Beach a break Why uh, you know, they hopefully had a lot of time to do some refurbishment and uh, some upgrading of Typhoon Lagoon, why that has been down. 
after the candlelight processional at Epcot at Christmas time in the early part of 2022, the International Festival of the Arts has been announced. It has been shortened. Um, a lot of people are, you know, the calling it the Festival of the Arts or well, just straight short to farts. So uh, I've gotten a lot of laughs at those. I had never heard that before. Thank you, Alyssa, for bringing that to my attention. Uh, but the International Farts, or I'm sorry, the iFart, wow, I, I can't do this. The International Festival of the Arts is going to be taking place January 14th through February 21st. Now, the big news with that is after the Candlelight Processional using the... Uh, the amphitheater there they were going to be having uh, more of the live acts there so hopefully some bands coming in hopefully some local artists who can uh, showcase and uh, their talents and uh, help their careers out uh, after the international festival of the arts we have the first run disney event uh, for quite a while this is the princess half marathon taking place end of february right before my birthday uh, it's going February 24th through February 27th. Those are always fun times at the parks, and you can see everybody walking around with their medals. Um, normally these runs have uh, different races on different days, including a mile race, a uh, 5K, 10K. In this case, the, the grand one is the half marathon, so that's a 13.1 mile. So anybody wearing those medals, give them a congratulations and let them know that you know, it's, it's a feat that not everybody can accomplish and, uh, and, you know, give them a nice pat on the back. Now, that is just about it for Disney. It is a, a very Disney-heavy news segment here, but there is some stuff going on at the other parks. So, um, we could pretty much say that any park that doesn't have Halloween in it right now is getting ready for Christmas. So you can already see decorations up at Hollywood Studios and at Islands of Adventure. SeaWorld is no no different there. They have already started putting up their Christmas lights uh, right next to their, their Hallow Scream event. And they have a nice Christmas show that takes place with dancing lights on the water there. But at Universal Studios, they have announced a, a few things. Their holiday events start November 13th and will run through January 2nd of uh, this well the end of this year into next year uh, Mardi Gras has been announced it will be back February 5th through April 24th uh, I doubt that it will end at that time Mardi Gras was extended last year just because of how popular it was and gave everybody lots of chances to go and try that uh, that New Orleans flair for food and partying now sad news the Shrek 4D ride has announced that it will be closing uh early part of next year so who knows what's going to come there uh, rumor that there is maybe another minion ride coming um, but it's universal you know they didn't tell us anything about Velocicoaster as they were building it so who knows what they they may just pop up a new ride and go ta-da here it is now for more current news head on over to the Facebook page at Passholders Guide Podcast and we will try to keep you as up to date as I can sharing everything from multiple sources that way you just have to come to me and not have to scour the internet all these different places so uh, keep it here thank you for listening
right, everybody, I've got another story for you here. Now, this gentleman I used to work with at Disney. Uh, I've tried to get him on the show before, but the audio recording did not cooperate with us. So introducing uh, my friend Bernie, a fellow bus driver. Say hello, Bernie. Hello, Bernie. Uh, Bernie is from the Multiple Personalities podcast, and but he's here to share a story of our time together as a, as a bus driver. He is, uh, well, I'll let you tell your own story. Bernie, take it away. So this is actually, uh, I, I came on here with the intent of telling one story, but this, uh, this other one, I think, really captures working, how the theme parks kind of work together, but they don't officially work together at a corporate level. The theme parks do not work together. Um, you know, Disney is the competition, and Universal is the competition, and SeaWorld is the competition. Um, but as a Floridian, and as someone who has visited the parks, I understand that um, there is more to do in Central Florida than go to the specific park that I happen to work at. And um, one of my favorite things to do on the buses, especially late at night, um, or in kind of those those dead times between the dinner rush and fireworks um, was to eavesdrop on people's conversations. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Those buses are like sound tunnels. You can hear if there's everything. If it's empty, you can hear all the way to the front. And even if it's full, you can still hear quite a ways back. Uh, You just have to use the mirror to figure out who's saying it. Um, And I went to uh, the Coronado Springs Resort and I picked up a couple from Pittsburgh and they were um, they, they'd had a, they'd, they'd had a couple drinks they were feeling good they were getting ready to go to uh, take the Magic Kingdom they were the only people on the bus and I heard them talking and the conversation was basically oh you know like, what are we going to do well we, we, we did this already what are we going to do we, we did this already and every every idea one of them would come up with to do was something they've done already and I said, what can I, what can I do? Like, do, can I offer you any suggestions um, for, for, for what to do on, in the park? It sounds like you've done everything and you're trying to avoid repeating things. And they, they got up and they walked up to the yellow line on the bus, which is as far as you could go as a, as a passenger. And they kind of leaned forward and we were talking. And I learned that they were on a 12-day family reunion. And they were staying at the resort. Their family had booked up like 10 or 12 rooms, grandparents, aunts, uncles, an army of kids. Um, and they had done all the parks. On This was day, I think this was towards the end. This was probably day eight or nine. Um, they had done all the parks at least once, most of the parks twice. Um, and they had gotten grandparents to babysit. And they were doing a date night because this happened to cross over some important thing in their life. I don't think it was an anniversary, but it, it the trip spanned some, some important date in their life. And uh, I said, so you, you've done the parks. You, you sounds like you've done everything. You, what, what do you want to do tonight? And they're like, we just want to have a good time. And, you know, we're, we're doing Disney for the whole week. So we, we figured we'd go to the park. And I said, let me take you back to your hotel. Change into some going out clothes. Call an Uber and go to Universal Studios City Walk. 
And they said, they said, what? And I said, yeah, no, no. I said, go back to you. I'll, let me take, I'll turn the bus around. Uh, because I was, as a cast member, I was kind of, you know, the uh, alignment chart where it's got like a lawful, um, uh, lawful, uh, chaotic, neutral, neutral, you know, as a cast member, I was very, I was chaotic, neutral. I was neither good nor bad. Um, but I, I just kind of did my own thing and I was like, I'll just turn the bus around. Um, they can, the dispatcher, the worst thing the dispatcher can do is yell at me on the radio. He can't stop me. I'm in a bus and he's in a building several miles away. I'll turn the bus around. As a dispatcher, that's absolutely true. Yeah. And, and and I'll turn the bus around. And it was a friend of mine who you've had on your show, uh, David, who was dispatching. Um, and uh, so I, I kind of knew he was he wouldn't care. And uh, so I turned the bus around, took him back. And they asked what City Walk was. I explained them City Walk. They've got the karaoke bar. They've got all the restaurants and all that. And so they said, yeah, we'll give it a shot. I took him back. And I dropped him off. And typically as a cast member, and and anyone who knows me as a cast member knows that I'm kind of a cynical, uh, I'm not the type of person, uh, personality that you would expect to see as a cast member. I'm very much just like, it's a job. There's no magic. There's nothing great. It's, uh, you know, it's a place to work. And you deal with terrible people all the time. Um, That was was more or less how how I was. Um, But this was one of the few times where it, it felt good because... Typically, if you help a guest as a cast member, team member, ambassador, or whatever they call their people at Bush Gardens, um, that's it. You help the guest, and you hope they had a good time. But two days later, I was working a day shift uh, at Magic Kingdom, and I got to Coronado Springs, and there was like 80 people, or some absurd number, a bus full of people at one of the bus stops at Coronado Springs. And it was that group. And the, the couple was there. They said, oh, my God. They said, you 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 made our trip for the two of us. They said, we, 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 would, we were planning to go to Disney and just repeat the stuff we had already done, but with without the kids. We were going to stand in the lines for the rides. We were going to watch the fireworks show that we've, you know, at this point seen two, maybe three times already this week. Like, we... We were just gonna. We were just getting a night away from the kids, and kind of we were gonna eat at some of the restaurants, Casey's or something like that, just Tony's maybe, and that's it. They said we went to City Walk and we shut it down, and then we Ubered back, and uh, they said it was it was the best day of the trip. So I gave myself a little pat on the back there for that, and uh, but that's I that's not the only situation I've heard where a Disney cast member has recommended that someone alter their plans to spend a day or two at Universal during their trip. And I know some Universal team members who have done the same thing. And and the sad thing is management at those facilities would have frowned on that. Oh, uh, very much so. But... You still made magic for your guests. Yeah, those people's experience at Disney the rest of that week, um, they weren't as burned out on Walt Disney World as they would have been had they spent another four or five hours that evening at the Magic Kingdom. That's how I look at it. And, you know, they 
they were able to get away from the whole group. They were able to, to have a good time. And there's so much to do in central Florida that as a, as a resident, you know, it's, it, there are things that I would do. I would, if I was the parks, I'd say, Hey, you know, we'd make a five day pass and you can get three days at Disney and two days at universal or whatever and see them work together. They'll never do that. But just know that at the cast member, the, the, the frontline employee level, that stuff happens all the time. Uh, I've, I've recommended people to go to universal people said, Oh, we've got this, we've got four days at Disney, but we're in town for six. Like, what do we do? Go to universal, go to SeaWorld. Uh, so, but that was one that, that really stood out to me is that's a, that's a time I got a little, little warm and fuzzies going, all right, I, I actually helped some people have a good time and I was able to see the end result. So that was, that was a pretty cool time for me. Yeah. And the odds that you were going to be that driver picking up that group to see them again and, you know, get their reaction that that's astronomical, the odds of that happening, but that's really cool to hear. And as somebody who, you know, I, I've left the Disney side, I've currently only got a, the Universal passes, and I'm enjoying the hell out of Universal. I was just at CityWalk this past weekend trying, you know, a new restaurant I'd never been to, getting a couple of drinks, and, and, and really enjoying CityWalk. It's nice to know that people from the Disney side can branch out and understand that Universal is not that, that dark shadowy place that Mufasa talks about in Lion King. It's, it's a nice place to go and it's, it's good to get off, off Disney property for a little bit. Well, and it, it comes, I think a lot of it comes down to just listening to people. I've worked with a lot of people who, and you did too, who are so tunnel vision that Disney is their life. Um, and I'm sure those people exist at Universal too. And you, you you get to talking with guests, and if you if you have a little bit more of an open mind, you go. What I'm hearing is this is the experience that you want to have on your trip, and I'm also hearing that you have gotten as much Disney us as Walt Disney Company. We have contributed as much as we can contribute to giving you that experience. So, why not? help you get the rest of that experience somewhere else because if you burn yourself out on Disney the next time you're like oh let's take a vacation to Disney you're going to go I don't know like we went we spent we spent six days there and we did it all six days at the parks and I was worn out and we did this we just kept doing the same things over and over and you're not going to that, that memory is not going to be as as positive as oh yeah let's we can stay at Disney we'll stay at the Disney hotel for six days but we can go to Universal for two or three days um, Disney's still getting the money on the hotel and instead of having miserable people in their parks or those people not going at all or staying in the hotels as long so they don't go to your park a couple of days get over it it's not gonna it's not gonna hurt um, Bob Chappick or any of his people he works with uh, their bonuses or their mortgages it's not gonna hurt them at all you know if it's if I feel like the parks should work together better at a higher corporate level um, than they than they at least allude to to the public perfect uh, that that's the kind of story 
you like to hear. I, you know, I've told a few gruesome tales here. You know, I've heard, you know, some of our last stories of, you know, child abduction and, and you know, physical altercations. This is one of those feel-good stories that I needed. So, Bernie, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Uh, everyone, you can catch Bernie on the Multiple Personalities podcast everywhere that you're catching this one. It's all powered by the Anchor app. So you're looking Apple, Spotify, Google, and uh, a few of the other uh, different podcast platforms. But, Bernie, how would you de- how would you describe your show? So I, uh, this is a great show. I listen to this show. Um, I, lo- I love Adam's content. Very informative. Um, if you are the type of person that listens to your podcast in the morning, taking your kids to school, do not listen to our podcast. Um, it's as much as I say, it's great. You're going to have a good time. You as an adult probably will have a great time. Um, as much as I say, you know, I don't care. Let your kids do whatever. I'm going to try and be responsible here because I want you to keep listening to Adam's show and not get mad at him for having me on here lying to you. So I'm going to tell you straight up. It's not a family friendly show. Um, it's obscene and it's very off the wall. We talk about anything from having we, we have spirited discussions about whether or not certain food items are permissible to have at uh, holiday dinners. We talk about whether or not the uh, the toy making operation at the North Pole is or is not just a a uh, underground slave trade where Santa owns these little people. Uh, we've talked about. Uh, we've made fun of the people who believe in the flat earth theory. We've talked about um, pagan holidays and, and how they they came to be incorporated into life as we know it. We There's no subject that's off limits for our show, but we take it. We put a fun spin on it. We joke. Um, we, we tell off-color uh, jokes. We make commentary all the time. Um, it's a great show if that's the sort of thing you like, just random information. I've had a few people say, hey, you know, it's – a roundabout way of getting the information, but it is something that, you know, something I learned, something I didn't know about. So, um, I like to think we're a little informative, but mostly we're funny. Um, and, uh, yeah, don't not, not family friendly though. Please don't listen to it with your kids around. If your kids, if you're not okay with your kids hearing, um, profanity and things like that. But yeah, that's, that's, that's the premise of the show. And it is an awesome show to listen to. I believe I'm at episode 25, and uh, they're about to put out episode 29, I think. And I tell other people, it's like those conversations you have drunkenly that you're like, damn it, we should record this. That's they how the show it. came to be. Uh, Craig and I were standing in my kitchen. He was standing in front of the toaster, leaning up against the kitchen island. I was standing with my back to the fridge, leaning up against the counter on the opposite side. We were day drunk. Um, at the time we both worked together, um, and we both had the same days off in the middle of the week, we were drinking and uh, having a conversation and we were like, this is hilarious. We should make a podcast and record this. And we did. And it's, we're, we're a few weeks away from the one year mark. We don't quite have a year worth of episodes. There's not 52. We've had some, um, unfortunate things come up and some positive things, uh, uh, people have experienced losses. People have moved, changed jobs, purchased property, moved, things like that. So we've had some breaks. It's not consistent every week we put something out. But uh, we're, we're coming right up on um, 30 episodes. We've got uh, the 29th episode will be coming out over the... By the time you hear this, the 29th episode will probably be out or uh, a day or two away from being out at the end of October. Um, so we... Uh, 
We hope to be well over 30 by the time we get our one-year anniversary, uh, that which is the 22nd of November. That's going to be a wild show. Uh, so, yeah, come over, check us out. But please, uh, this is not a... Not uh, safe for little ears. Not a family-friendly show. Um, if you're sensitive about um, uh, religion... Anything. Well, not anything. We, you know, we don't... Uh, there's certain things that are not... Um, you know, we're not going to make uh, racist or sexist humor, um, things like that. But we do we do dabble on uh, some religions get uh, get talked about in such in not a positive light. So um, just keep that in mind when you go to listen. But overall, um, if you if you are a productive member of society and you're not easily offended, come over and give us a listen. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much, Bernie. We're going to have to get you on again. And uh, I, I hear you've got lots of stories to share. I've got, I've got a couple here or there. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much. Thanks, Adam. Alrighty, everybody. I know we're going a little bit out of order. We normally do our tip before uh, story time, but we're going to we're going to try things a little bit differently. As you guys heard during story time, I did spend some time at Universal City Walk uh, this weekend. I was there to see Bert Kreischer at the Hard Rock Live. Uh, we'll get to those here in just a few moments, but uh, this is going to be a bit of a tip and a review together. Um, our first tip is going to be realize when the parks are closing and when certain events are starting. So uh, this whole time started, we got there right about seven o'clock, just in time to realize, oh, Halloween Horror Nights is let it going in at 6.30. The lines for that are massive. Oh, Islands of Adventure is closing at the same time. The people coming out has another massive crowd. So uh, getting in, getting through security was a little bit. So your pro tip, check park opening and closing times. Make sure you give yourself enough time to go through security. The next part of this is we went to go hit a one of the restaurants there. We had our, our heart set on Margaritaville. Walk up about 7, 7 to 15, and they go, do you have a reservation? I go, no, you can't make those in the app. And they went, well, we're booked up till 10 o'clock. Darn it, we'll try someone else. Uh, go to the Mexican place right next door. And they're like, do you have a reservation? And I'm like, no, you can't make those in the app. And they're like, well, we're booked to 10.30. God darn it. Well, luckily we were able to go right next door to Pat O'Brien's and they go how many two how long right this way and we got right in so um, pro tip number two uh, tip number two even if it doesn't allow you to make reservations in the app they give you a phone number call the restaurant try to reserve that spot especially if you're going at the end you know a park close and the uh, the start of another event so Pat O'Brien's uh, took us right in you know walked through uh, they are known for a to be a dueling piano bar, which that is a nice bar area there. And we walked right past it and walked right to a, a dining room area and look up. Oh, wait a second. It's no ceiling here. It's an outdoor dining. But for that time of night, it is uh, getting the fall and getting dark. awesome.
permanent fixed seat where you know you're expecting armrest and you know you know a, a contained seat area so I do apologize to the guy who's sitting next to me uh, I am a rather large guy I kind of sat a little bit sideways to take up less space and uh, you know just not to crowd everybody around me but they packed those seats in now we were fifth row just about dead center and, and it was a you know amazingly close to the stage to the point where you know one of the stories Bert said got him a little choked up and you could actually see the tears on his face so um, as far as the venue goes it was still a blast had a, had a great time and City Walk was awesome so your tip for that go to an event at Hard Rock Live so uh, there's three tips for you That's everything for this episode of the Passholders Guide podcast. Thank you for joining me. I hope I've left you with some tips, tricks, or secrets to make your park experience better. In the meantime, join us on Facebook or Instagram at the Passholders Guide podcast. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button for alerts on the latest episodes. Until I see you again, have a safe time at the parks.